Welcome to Bible in Brief. May you know the Lord loves you. May you feel lighter knowing that He can carry any burden for you. I'm Rebecca Foster and each week I read and reflect on part of the Bible. This week it's Psalm 10 from the NIV. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak, who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears, no one will ever do me harm. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Arise, Lord. Lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account? But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed, so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. Apologies for the lateness in delivering this podcast. I have been rushing around being a Martha when all God wants of us is to sit with him and listen. I have found that to be quite tricky. This psalm also speaks of something else that's tricky for me to understand and talk about. This psalm talks of evil. Evil and wrong and bad and sin, really something tricky to understand, especially in our culture where we are encouraged to hear and accept so many things that may grate on our conscience, so many things in our culture which we are called to accept. In the Chronological Bible, the Bible that is presented in chronological order, Psalm 10 is actually undated and anonymous, and it's just after Psalm 1 and 2. In another Bible of mine, the 50 anonymous Psalms are sometimes attributed to Ezra. So I'm learning in my studies that the authorship of various passages and books of the Bible can be argued and attributed to a number of sources. Many scholars may have argued over authorship and dates. However, what is not argued is that these are historical documents that point to a God who is known, but yet unknown to many as Paul refers to our God when he debates in Athens in Acts 17. To the unknown God, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, 
does not dwell in temples made with hands. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is God-breathed and inspired as stated in 2 Timothy 3.16, even though scholars might argue about the ancient authorship and the specific dates. In Psalm 10, it starts off with a God who is far off and hidden. It looks like evil is winning. The wicked man is defined. Evil hunts people, catches them, blesses the greedy, reviles the Lord, sneers, is never upset, impenetrable. Evil lies. It threatens, murders, and catches the helpless and drags them off. The wicked man has no room for God. But the irony is that he states that God doesn't see, notice, look, or even call evil to account. The irony is that blindness is attributed to God by the evil one. God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees, says the evil one. This blindness is the antithesis of everything we are told about God in the Bible. God does see, hear, heal and love. From verse 12, the writer recounts how God does see and holds evil to account. God makes laws. The writer pleads for God to not forget, to hear, to encourage and listen to the cries, to defend the fatherless and oppressed. God is king. And as king, he will break the stronghold of the wicked, so that the wicked will never again strike terror. We still see evil in this world. This is not the world God has planned for us. These Psalms 1, 2 and 10 definitely feel more political than many others that I have read. The New King James Version states that Psalm 10 is subtitled A Song of Confidence in God's Triumph Over Evil. I feel like the word evil is a dirty word in today's society, where many things are touted as being okay. Life has many options and no longer is there a sense of right and wrong, but there is a sense that anything goes. As long as you feel okay with it, anything is okay. Which I don't think is what Paul was alluding to in his letters when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 10.23. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Other books I've read that talk about good and evil in a Christian context in this world are the following. The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. The People of the Lie, The Hope for Healing Human Evil by M. Scott Peck a Christian US-based writer and psychiatrist, and The Different Drum by M. Scott Peck, written so long ago in 1987, but also so, so relevant today, where his discussion of evil is focused on, quote, the sins of the United States and the Christian church than upon those of Russia or Islam, for example, because as they wisely teach in Alcoholics Anonymous, the only person you can change is yourself. The other is that I love my country and my church so much that I expect much from them. The potential for each is glorious. I hope to see them significantly live up to their potential and promises. End quote. Page 20 to 21 of the introduction. Page 296 of The Different Drum. How could the church so easily have lost Jesus' legacy of community and fallen away from his commandment that we love one another? With the legalization of Christianity, it became safe to be a Christian. The time of danger was seemingly past. The crisis was over, but was it really? The reality is that evil continued to stalk the world, even within the church itself. 
the particular evil of being forced at knife point to bow down and pledge allegiance to pagan gods had passed away, but all the other evil remained. How could the church have deserted the battle almost the very moment it became acceptable to fight it? How could the church have so quickly sold its soul? The answer is fear. To be a true Christian, one must live dangerously. The battle against evil is dangerous. Jesus said, I am the way. But his way was obviously a dangerous one. It might very well end with crucifixion or some other form of martyrdom. And so, out of fear, Christians en masse deserted his way. I pray that we find our way back to the way. I pray that you know the one who hears. I pray that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. Why do you stand so far away, away? Why do you hide yourself in troubled times? His ways seem to pride.
Instrumental music from Matthias Harris at Melody Loop. Psalm 10, sung by the Psalms Project.